Hi, welcome to the Canatourism Chronicles, brought to you by the Razzle Cannabis Broadcasting Network. I'm your tour guide, Barbie Summers, and we are going to explore the new heights of tourism. Today, my guest is Catherine Goldberg, the founder of Weed Bar LA. But first, a word from our kind sponsor. Founded by former NFL All-Pro Kyle Turley, NeuroXPF is a sports supplement company specializing in the medicinal benefits of cannabinoids. NeuroXPF makes and sells a full line of high-quality, certified organic, hemp-derived CBD products. All NeuroXPF products are THC-free. They use a special CO2 extracting process to isolate the CBD, working hard to preserve the terpenes uh, in order to modulate the effects of their hemp-derived CBD. This adds that little extra punch to NeuroXPF products, so they taste better and provide some beneficial qualities. To learn more about and purchase the NeuroXPF's products, please visit their website at neuroxpf.com. For more information about their current investment opportunity, please visit the Razzle Investment Marketplace at razzle.com. Welcome back. My guest today is Catherine Cat of Weed Bar LA, and she puts on the most exciting experiences, both ticketed experience as well as private experiences for tourists and Californians alike. Welcome to the show, Kat. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I wanted to, well, I, I would love for our viewers to know about your history with cannabis and how you entered the cannabis industry. Sure, so um, I genuinely love weed with all my heart. Um, it has been such a blessing in my life um, from an anxiety, kind of OCD, um, having trouble eating standpoint. So I kind of always thought that it was my duty to help people understand the benefits of cannabis in a really safe way. Um, so I, um, I started working in the industry right out of college doing marketing uh, for a couple women-owned brands. One was called House of Jane, and they made a medicated coffee. So I sent them an email and just said, caffeine and cannabis are my two favorite things. Can I work for you? And they wrote back and said, sure. So that is how I got into the industry. Um, and then I started writing for High Times because I thought there were stories to tell within cannabis about people using it in sophisticated ways, uh, people doing good in the world because they're using cannabis. Um, so that was really an honor to be able to have that platform. And after covering cannabis trends, I realized I could just do it a lot better. So I started Weed Bar LA and um, that's my events company. Uh, that is a, before COVID, a, a community-based cannabis group basically. Um, and it's just, it's been a pleasure to, um, to introduce people to cannabis on one hand and also to surprise veterans. Um, and it's not necessarily that everyone's just getting really stoned, it's that they're experiencing cannabis in a new way. Um, and that's, I'm, I'm, I feel very honored that that's my job right now. I know, it's the best job in the world, huh? The best. <laughs> so the inspiration for Weed Bar LA was, you know, you basically saw something missing as far as cannabis offerings, it sounds like. It wasn't that anyone was doing a bad job. They were all doing a really good job and they were being authentic to themselves. 
So the early cannabis events I went to, for example, one was a tea party. The event was beautiful. It was on the rooftop of a, of a hotel garden. There were literally butterflies everywhere. Uh, there were scones and there's little cucumber sandwiches. And it was an intimate group of 12 people, mostly women. And it was a wonderful afternoon, but it wasn't, that's not what I wanted to do with my life. Um, honestly, my dream from the very beginning was just to be able to get high and do a Shabbat service. Um, I love Shabbat. There's always cake. It's fun with community. It's great. Um, Jews are inherently anxious. So there, there's a little bit of crossover there. Um, so I realized that there was no reason why I couldn't have a pot Shabbat if someone else could have a high tea party. They were both valid. Um, you know, so I, I put it out there to my network and we sold out on the first day. And that was kind of the beginning of, um, of an interest. Can I explain the reason why I also started with Pot Shabbats? Please do. Okay. I don't know if your viewers are going to find this interesting, but if any of them are business owners, then it, it's a good tip. So for the first year of my business, I knew that I had to get as much press as possible for Weed Bar LA to show up on Google. And I knew that the events, we were doing something special enough that someone could come tell a story about it. And it wouldn't feel fake. It wouldn't feel like, it, it, would, it would be a good story even outside of the cannabis industry. Um, so my intention basically for the first full year plus like six months was to make sure that we had um, a reporter or press lined up for every single party. And after that year, if you just typed in like cannabis wedding or bud tender wedding, we show up first. And um, it's cool because as a marketing person, I've helped businesses and it's not usually something that people think of from the beginning. So as a result of that, out of these really intimate Shabbat groups that were started with me and my friends, everyone who comes to Weed Bar is, um, is through search. So they're not like my parents' friends, they're not my friends, they're just, you know, people out in the world are actually searching for cannabis experiences. And I'm very, very thankful that I designed my company, company in a way where they can land on me first. I love it, just like a butterfly. <laughs> so I want to know more about Pot Shabbat. What, what is, a, is this something you do regularly, and how does the evening go? So my dream is to do it on a regular basis. But as we both know, cannabis events are not only difficult to pull off, but they're complicated for an infinite amount of reasons, um, primarily financial reasons. Um, so to do it right, you know, it, it was a, it was a investment. Um, so it kind of started out with once every quarter and then it's kind of declined. I, now with COVID, I'm like, oh man, we need to bring back pot Shabbat. Like we all need it. As soon as this is over, like we are starting this again and going all out. I'm there. You're there. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so, and like, even though it wasn't consistent, we did do other Jewish holidays. 
So we did like a puff puff Passover. Um, we did marijuana, but honestly, like I had the most fun at the Shabbats because I just wanted to get high and have a good meal and talk to other cool, smart, chill people. Um, so that really was just, I think also the reason that I, I felt like I needed to create Weed Bar LA was because I am so low key that everyone else's parties make me really anxious. So <laughs> creating a space where it almost has this vibe of, you know, like the intellectuals during the Renaissance, like getting together and like discussing how to make the world a better place. I was like, that's what I want. So, and I, I realized that no one else was doing it. Um, so that's kind of how it came to be. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to attend one. Now I wanted to know more about the wedding service that you provide. So the wedding service is we offer a complete comprehensive wedding package, meaning we will deal with everything. The thing with weddings, so this is, this is interesting. Maybe this is a part we edit because I think I said it in the wrong order, but, but, um, the majority of the wedding leads we get are from out of state by far, maybe 75% of them. Um, so a lot of these people email and they say, look, my partner and I love weed. We're coming to California to do an intimate ceremony, but we don't know the venue. We don't know the officiant. We don't know the caterer. Can you help us with that? And because I'm not an event planning business, um, I can put those people onto wonderful contacts that I have um, in the event space. Um, you know, we both have a wonderful network of people who can fulfill all of those things. So um, that's kind of like the most that we'll do for a wedding. What's more common is that people will say, we have this venue, here's our wedding planner. We want our guests to be happy, but we don't want anyone to fall asleep. And from there, we'll start, I'll start to ask questions. You know, are there going to be children there? Because if there are, smoke is really not appropriate. You know, vaporizers could work. Um, mocktails could work, but you can't be smoking joints in front of children. Um, I imagine maybe some other companies don't ask that, but it's important to me. Um, then I start to ask questions like, okay, well, like, how do you like to feel when you smoke? You know, was there, is there a strain that you two smoke together when you were first dating? And we'll kind of get into their I like to understand everyone's cannabis philosophy. Like sometimes people are confused why I'm asking these questions. They're like, I just like to get high. And I'm like, no, it's more than that. Like, think about it. Um, so I really like to know, like some people are just on the chill side and that's gonna be a very specific experience for them. And then some people wanna be hyped up and have the Cuban coffee version of pot which I would say is Durban poison. And that's cool too. And then there's everything in the middle. So um, it's really sort of asking questions to figure out what the right method of consumption, the appropriate method of consumption is going to be, and then going from there. Now, what do you do? Have you had anyone that has overconsumed at an event? And if so, what measures do you take to sort of bring them back? 
thank God, I feel like there's no wood to knock on, but we have not had that experience. Um, I read these horror stories when I was starting the business, especially from parties in New York, illegal party, underground parties, where people were over consuming and passing out. And it was so disgusting and scary to read that I knew that was not gonna happen at our events, period. So no one has ever, no one has ever fallen asleep at an event. No one, thank God, has freaked out. Um, but we do have a protocol, of course, in place for that. So there are two things that are kind of like little hacks that work on the spot. First is to assure the person that they are perfectly safe. No one has ever, ever, ever overdosed or died from cannabis. They just need to feel their feet on the floor. Then we can administer some CBD oil because CBD counteracts the THC, starts to make them feel a little bit better. And think, I mean, this is like, I feel like I'm talking about an emergency landing, you know, with a flight attendant. Like, thank God you don't do it, but if you have to do it, you know what to do. Yes. Another thing is that um, actually if you sniff pepper, there are some sort of terpenes in pepper that counteract with cannabis and apparently really sober you up quickly. That's so, beta caryophylline. Exactly. I don't know the chemistry behind that. Do you think it works? I don't know if that's a myth. I don't know if it's been busted or not, but I, I have heard some, some you know, pseudo experts say, no, not really. But CBD, no. most definitely. And also, like you said, just assuring the person that they're in a safe place, they're amongst friends, and you know, really try to quell any possible paranoia that might be happening. There's no reason to, to go to the hospital. It's going to be okay. I can imagine you understand this, but I'll hear horror stories where someone is like, my grandmother had too much of an edible at the wedding, and we had to call an ambulance, and the whole day was ruined. And I'm like, oh my, uh, that, it, that can't happen. That can't happen. That it just can't happen. So we designed our company in a way to minimize that from happening. Yeah, yeah. You're a responsible event company, and what? I'm sure you monitor usage. And if somebody, just like at a bar, a bartender is not supposed to continue to serve someone who has clearly already had too much, and you, I'm sure, do the same. Exactly, and I think it's an interesting that thing that comes up with events. Not so much my events that I've done but client events is that they will have an alcohol bar and they will have the weed bar. Um, and that is also something that I need to talk to the guest about because, you know, if you consume too much alcohol and then you smoke, there's a really good chance you're going to throw up. So, or at least that's what happens to me on a regular basis from when I used to drink alcohol. Oh, yeah. So, the idea is we kind of suggest that people kind of choose one or the other. If anyone looks drunk, we would say, hey, come back in you know, an hour or so. Um, we really don't have any intention of getting people crossfaded. But when I try to dissuade clients from having an alcoholic bar, I got a lot of pushback and realized it just wasn't my responsibility. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of our celebrations, you know, even funerals, whether it's a wedding or a funeral, 
many of our events are alcohol centric still, but we see a trend going towards cannabis. And, and you and I are both examples of that. We don't drink anymore. And, and I like to say cannabis is the healthy choice. And it, it does wear off. You know, smoke obviously wears off while you're at the wedding, usually, whereas anything you consume, you know, ingest, it's going to last. So it's really those ingestibles we have to be really mindful of, of, you know, how many, you know, I recommend serving low-dosed either entrees or whatever if it's a single serving thing but then the the second measure is to monitor how much of that each person had so there's definitely this layer of responsibility it's you know you've got to watch this whole crowd as they're having a good time on the dance floor and you know they think they just want another five milligrams and they don't know how it's going to hit them so so they do need a responsible person there sort of as their good shepherd if you will absolutely yeah, and I've seen you in action. I, I think it's okay to share with our viewers. We've worked together before, and uh, we worked together at a wedding, and it was the coolest wedding. The People coolest. were so chill. Not chill yeah. like sitting on the couch. They were grooving on the dance floor, and then they'd come up for a pre-roll or a dab, and, you know, I loved how we were serving these, like, micro-dabs. And it was just enough for them to feel it, but not get too high. And then they just get out back on the dance floor and boogie. It was amazing. It was it was such a perfect combination. And the part that I think stuck with me the most, and we definitely have a photograph of this. I will find it for you. But um, the bride's dad, like, first of all, took the biggest hit I've ever seen anyone take in my life. Yeah. Now he was experienced just for the viewers. We we, yes. we did let him have a the big 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 daddy dabs cuz cuz we could tell he could handle them. <laughs> and it was just this family bonding that was so sweet and so gentle and loving and it was so cool to facilitate that um in a way where normally you're toasting with alcohol and it's just a really different energy. Um, so family events with cannabis as the catalyst, just, that's my jam. Yeah. Multi-generational bonding. It was a beautiful thing. It really is. It's really special. And you had what, four different strains? Four different strains of joints and then three different concentrates. Mm -hmm. And exactly like you said, with the micro concentrate doses, people would come back. I think the average was maybe like three hits throughout the night. So it was like a, a six hour wedding and three hits and everyone was smiling and laughing and dancing the whole time. So, and then my one thing that I think this was just, it was very smart and mindful for everyone to do is that that wedding was in, literally in the middle of a desert in Joshua Tree. And they hired a party bus to take everyone home. Um, so that made me feel better in case anyone did want to get a little bit extra high because I knew they were going to get back to their hotel safely. Yes. And, you know, that's a great idea even for alcohol weddings. I, I wish people just always thought about transportation home or back to the hotel. It's just the responsible thing to do. 
Since 2008, California Lightworks has been guided by a vision focused on the research, design, development, and manufacturing of state-of-the-art commercial LED grow lights and automation equipment for greenhouse and indoor horticulture. By applying the latest advances in high-efficiency, solid-state lighting, and controls technology, their team provides worldwide growers new grow lights that deliver clear benefits at a competitive price. Backed by their solid reputation for standing behind their products, California Lightworks also offers industry-leading warranties on all their commercial grow lights. To learn more about California Lightworks, go to CaliforniaLightworks.com, and to view their current investment opportunity, please go to the investment marketplace at Razzle.com. I also wanted to point out, uh, you know, you had different varieties of strains. So even if somebody was new to cannabis and cannabis curious, because we all know weddings bring, now this one didn't have any children, but there's quite an age range. And, you know, maybe grandma isn't experienced with cannabis, but maybe she wants to try it. And you had a high CBD strain there, as well as some more THC-rich or THC-dominant strains. And, of course, wedding cake. Isn't that a mandatory at a wedding? It has to be. <laughs> and then uh, the three concentrates were what? Um, one was a papaya, something or other. Man, that was almost a year ago. But they were, they were kingpin concentrates. Kingpin live resin wax. Um, and I've always been very, very satisfied with their entire lineup. Um, so I'm not exactly sure of the specific strains because I was also clearing all the dabs as the guests couldn't finish them. So I don't remember, but, um, but they, they were, one thing, dabs sometimes sound scary because people hear these horror stories of people dabbing and passing out, but it's really kind of science applied to cannabis in a beautiful way because you're making this, this extract out of a plant. Um, and at, first of all, I think the process is cool. And second, it preserves a lot of the terpenes. So there's more of an experience of going up to someone and saying, hey, smell these three, which one smells best to you? And having them choose their cannabis experience that way. Yeah. I believe in that too. I think your body knows it's so smart of you to, to, to let them actually smell it and see what they're drawn to because I think we all have our natural senses to what terpene profiles we like and, and terpenes are what steer the experience. Um, you know, to rely on the words indica and sativa and hybrid, that is antiquated language. And I know that the word dab is scary but actually concentrates are a wonderful way to enjoy cannabis and it doesn't have to be a giant dab where you're hacking your lungs out these micro dabs are beautiful and it's a really clean way to enjoy cannabis because not everyone wants to smoke if, if you don't smoke anything this is smoke's going to be really harsh on your lungs i think dabbing's a little easier and just take it easy, you know, and the trick to dabbing, and this is another wonderful thing that you have sort of this, you know, concierge experience, if you will. It's, there's a host of this bar. It's not like I'll just total self-serve. There's a guide there to make sure that you're not hitting out of a really hot piece. In fact, you're not using the flame at all, right? Are you using e-nails or, you know, something yeah, where the temperature's the, already set right? The vape exhale, vaporizer. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's all electronic, super not scary. 
Yeah, so it's not hot, and and you know, for for people that have never dabbed out there, and you've heard stories of people hacking up a lung, a lot of times that might be because the the well, we call it the banger, the quartz banger, the part where the concentrate goes in, is too hot, and and you're inhaling really really hot smoke, and your throat and your lungs don't like it. So the key is to wait or or use a device, an electronic device that already has the perfect temperature. Another thing also is that some people have literally never smoked a joint and they want to. So teaching them, you know, I don't know about your first smoking experience, but I was hacking up a lung when I smoked a joint for the first time. It was, it was terrible. I mean, I guess it was necessary, but I don't want someone to have that experience with me. So I think even the idea of just teaching them, you know, okay, inhale out completely then take a little hit, but only fill, you know, 25 to 50% of your lung capacity, then take a little fresh air and then blow everything out. And then they don't cough and they're, they're surprised that it's pleasant. They can take a second one. And then you just don't want people coughing at the bar. I mean, even before COVID, you wouldn't want people, you know, it's, it's just not a good image. No. Yeah, that taking in some of that what what I call atmospheric air after the smoke is key. It's so key. And it's a simple trick that, that a lot of first-time users don't know about. And I also love that you made little mini joints. And, and, you know, since you just mentioned COVID, topic of the times, we do have to talk about that and how it has changed events. And I think one of the trends we're seeing is small joints, basically personalized joints. And you all were already on that trend, making the little mini joints. I loved that. Thank you. I, um, I love mini joints. I think they're bad. That's what I smoke on my own because I want to smoke multiple times during the day. Um, you know, one thing that's somewhat unfortunate is that smoking used to be a very like communal activity and because of the passing of the joint, but clearly that was sort of like the 20th century version of smoking whatever we're in now is a little bit different. So I realized that you can't pass a joint, but everyone can have a similar smoking experience if they're smoking the same type of weed and at the same time under the same conditions. So what I realized is that if you roll up um, just a 0.25 joint, so a joint that you buy at the dispensary, let's say is a gram, then they have those kind of half joints. It's a half gram. So this is a half of a half. Um, and that gives you two, three or four or five good hits, and then you're done. Um, and there was actually even before I did this at the wedding, the reason I got this idea was because I did a birthday party with a, um, a weed tasting where we started with sativas and we worked our way across the spectrum to indicas. And there were like eight strains. So I wanted everyone. Wow. Yeah, it was like I cut all out. I didn't really think that through because at like the sativa dominant hybrid, they were like, we're good, we're good. <laughs> but um, it's just this idea that it's a safe way to add more novelty into, into the experience. Um, I like the mini joints. I think the mini joints are, are the way to go during COVID. Normally, normally, previously, we use those vaporizers with the dads. Um, but the fact of the matter is, even though we sterilized it after each use, 
I couldn't in good faith bring that to an event at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, something else also with the COVID thing is that because we have had events and we take them on a case by case basis. Uh, for example, it has to be outside. I'm not doing a party inside. Second, um, it's gotta be a limited crowd. There are no 50 person anythings anymore in the slightest. Um, one upcoming event that we have is a family birthday party. And the chef is gonna come in and cook for them. And we're gonna have you know some joint tastings. And that seems okay. You can't put your entire life on hold. But the fact that there was a family coming together who already lived together made me feel much better about the experience. If it had been 10 different people from different parts of the country, I would have had to turn down that job. Um, so for the first time, you sort of have to ask these almost intimate questions of who are you? Where are you coming from? What have you been doing for the past three months? Um, and kind of decide from there because there, there are absolutely safe ways to experience cannabis now. Um, absolutely safe ways. You just have to kind of make an effort to go about it that way. Definitely. And I'm glad you're still, you know, finding a way to, to, you know, create these experiences for people during this really interesting time. And so aside from, you know, the events that you mentioned, your own events and weddings and birthdays, are there any other kinds of occasions you've been hired to do? The two that I want to do that I have not been hired to do yet but I'm putting it out there to the universe is, um, and then I'll answer your question. I want to do like a Beverly Hills puppy party. <laughs> like, which would be perfect for all the reasons. Do we get to pet puppies? Yeah. Well, honestly, I was like, you know what? Someone should do like a dog adoption day where it's in, I mean, this was before COVID, but so there's like a use for it, not just so I get to play with puppies. But, you know, you have vet CBD come out and every, you know, like, it's great. Um, I think it would be really funny to have a chef do, like, custom CBD dog bones, like a CBD birthday cake for a dog. Like, that's not my kind of dog, but that is a party I would love to do. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, you should say you do dog birthday parties, too. It's not as absurd as it sounds. No, people do birthday parties for their dogs all the time. Why not give them a CBD bone? And you know what I have found? A lot of people that are, you know, cannabis curious but still have some fear and now their dog's been diagnosed with something, they have no hesitation trying CBD with their dog. But with themselves, it's another matter. But that is an entry point for cannabis use for the humans is to basically experiment with their dog because then you see it work and you say, oh my god like my dog is having a better quality of life could i have a slightly better quality of life um i think i think we care about our dogs so much more than we care about ourselves in some capacity so um so yeah it's i think every elderly pet should have a cannabis regiment personally um Pet cannabis is great. And even during a pandemic, you know, people are always going to spend money on their pets. That's not something that goes out of style. Um, yeah, it's essential. Exactly. Thank God. Cannabis and pets are essential. 
That's the world I want to live in. <laughs> okay, puppy party, into it. What else? Oh, even though maybe this is weird and I've never said it out loud, but I kind of want to do a funeral. Interesting. Like, I don't want to be near the graveyard because I'm like scared of that and I have to hold my breath. But like the, the after party with like when the Jews bring all the food over, mm-hmm. you know, that could be interesting. Yeah. Usually people are getting very drunk at those and it just seems to exacerbate like, I mean, I shouldn't judge that. They, you, people can deal with grief in any way they want. And if they want to drink, that's totally cool. But it seems like if you're, maybe if the person smoked weed or like really enjoyed cannabis as part of their life, that's like a pretty cool way to honor them, to have the whole family and friends sit around and tell stories and laugh. Um, I love that. Yeah, I mean, alcohol is a depressant, so you're onto something there, not to knock anyone, you know, if that's their thing. Um, But also cannabis lends itself to reminiscing and that's what we're doing in these celebrations of life really is reminiscing about this loved one that has passed and sharing stories and i think cannabis is a perfect match i've never even heard anybody suggest this before i love it cool i didn't know if it just sounded crazy in my head or not so i i feel very thrilled that it makes sense to you too yeah oh i got that's wonderful i hope you get a, a, a that sounds weird oh to say God, i hope you get a funeral but yeah someone's gonna have to pass away for you to do that but hey death is part of life and I think that's a beautiful way to celebrate absolutely well thank you for joining us today Catherine I love all of your ideas and your events sound so exciting how can people get in touch with you thanks Barbie I honestly love everything about you so this has been a complete pleasure um and I can't wait to see you as soon as the world is somewhat back to normal Um, but you can find me at weedbarla.com. Uh, there's a button that says contact and that goes directly to my email. So feel free to send a note that way. Um, if you are local to California and would like a discount on cannabis because I'm Jewish and, you know, like we really like discounts and cannabis discounts are like, like I work hard to find these discounts for you guys to use. So if you go to my Instagram, Weed Bar LA, uh, there are three different delivery services with some, some coupon codes. So, um, you know, hook yourself up, get something new to smoke and, and, and tell me about it after. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you soon.